The opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment Advisory Services through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, and affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS and Kestra AS are not affiliated with any entity herein. Welcome to the Finance Factory Podcast, where money is serious business, but not a soporific echo chamber like the rest. This is a show for people who want to build wealth and make wise financial decisions starting now. So put away your money show preconceptions and prepare to propel your knowledge and take some action. Here's your host and financial guide, Peter Huminski. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finance Factory Podcast. I am your host, Peter Huminski. And with me today is my partner, David Lentz. Say hi, David. Hey, everybody. So today we thought it'd be a great day, um, even though it's February 14th. We're going to talk about the V word, and I don't mean Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about the recent market volatility that we've seen. It's been a very wild last eight or nine trading sessions. And we saw after a year of the market steadily climbing, stocks spent more or less last week all over the board. Um, they would nosedive, then recover, then wobble, and then they plummeted again on Thursday last week. And at that point, they entered correction territory. They were down, the Dow and S&P were both down more than 10% from their recent highs, which were on January 26th. And they did close above correction level, though, on Friday last week. But it was another rocky day and really thought it would be good for David and I to kind of come together and talk about what we're seeing, what it looks like, what it means, and kind of how to play this market moving forward. So, And what to expect right. from the market. We thought volatility would be part of the theme for investing in 2018. I mean, it. David told me that the close on Wednesday broke the longest streak without a 5% correction in the history of the markets at 404 days, dating all the way back to June of 2016. And that's just an astronomical amount of time to not have a 5% correction. I mean, in a a normal year, we see, what is it, eight 2% corrections, two or more percent corrections, three 5% corrections, and one 10 or more. Right. I mean, even in 2013, when the stock market was up approximately 30% for the whole year, there were a handful of 5% corrections that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to not have volatility the way that we have had it uh, recently. Um, so, you know, I'll just kind of recap kind of what we saw because it's kind of an interesting whipsaw. If you didn't follow the headlines or really follow the market that closely during the day, over the last seven or eight days. Um, I'm going to just kind of read through it because it's really pretty fascinating to me. So on February 2nd, Friday, February 2nd, the Dow closed down 666 points or two and a half percent. And it was the largest percentage decline since Brexit, the Brexit vote in June of 2016. And there's lots of speculation around what caused all of this. And we can talk a little bit about it, or we will talk a little bit about it after this. But Monday, things went from bad to worse. And just after three o'clock, stocks entered a free fall. And at one point, the Dow had plummeted 
almost 1,600 points at 1,597 points, and that was the most points it had ever fallen in the middle of a single trading day. Now, it's it's a it's a relative number, being that you know the Dow is trading at what is it twenty six thousand points or so. So you know a fifteen hundred point move is while it's four percent, it's not the worst of ever. I mean, the media was touting it as the largest point decline ever. Even right. more than 1987, but the context, of course, is that that couple hundred point move in 1987 was a much significantly higher percentage decline. It was something like 20 something percent. Right. And so even after that, by the time the markets closed, so at one point it was down almost 1,600 points, but it ended up recovering a little bit and closed down 1,175 points, which was the biggest single day point drop in Dow history. But as David just said, you know, from a context perspective, you know, Black Black Friday, Black Monday in 1987 was significantly worse, wiping out 30 plus percent in in a single day. Um, Tuesday, the sharp decline was felt across the world, and even in Asia and Europe, the major markets in Europe lost about two percent, um, and Japan's Nikkei lost 4.7 and Hong Kong lost 5.1. And in the U.S., we briefly entered correction territory on Tuesday morning before roaring back and having a green day for the day. And the Dow finished up 567 points or 2.3%. And it was the biggest gain on the Dow in a single day since August of 2015. So we went from the worst day point-wise in history to the fourth largest gain in Dow history and the largest since August of 2015. I mean, the whipsawing that happened in that day was just crazy. And then on Wednesday, Trump decided he was going to start speaking about the stock market again and, and talking about when good news would be reported, the stock market would go up. And now when good news is reported, the stock market's going down. The economy is fine right now. There are some issues, but generally speaking, we're we're bullish still on the U.S. economy moving forward. But the markets stayed shaky on Wednesday despite Trump coming out and talking, but it didn't have a real dramatic rise or fall like it had the prior two days. But it had opened up 381 points and ended up finishing down 19 points by the end of the day. So it was kind of crazy. Still, big swing up, then it disappeared. We didn't close down very much or or up at all. We closed down just a little bit, but it was still a pretty crazy, wild trading day again. And if you're at work or you're doing something else for the eight or nine hours during the day and you just check in the morning and check in the evening or the next day. It, right. And you see a 19 point move. It feels oh, it's no like big nothing. deal. It feels like nothing. But it was a it's been a pretty crazy series of of trading days last week. And being that that's what David and I look at every day or all day long is kind of what's going on in the markets. It was, it felt a little weird to watch watch it in real time. So Thursday comes along, and the Dow plunges 1,033 points, another 4.2% correction for, for the single day. And now we really are in correction territory. So real, real bit of context is Peter's talking about 4% down in, in a single day. It happened twice. We had one 
3% correction in 2017. In the entire year of last year, there was one... And it wasn't in a single day. It was was over... three weeks. It was from February to March, um, early March. And the market went down at most, I think, between 3 and 3.5%. We saw that twice last week. Two single day moves greater than 3.5%. So... The fall was the second worst point drop in history behind Monday's close. So you had two really, I don't want to use the word historic days because it's such a relative term from a percentage basis and nothing remotely close to what happened in 87 or even during during the late 90s. I mean, the late 2008, 2000, early 2009 period of time where, you know, two, 300 point moves on the daily were were regular. Then Friday, Dow closed up 330 points. But for most of the day, it was really unclear as to which direction the markets were going to move. And at one point, it was down 500 points. And then it was up 500 points. And it ended up closing up 330. So it was pretty crazy how much the markets moved last week. And now we've had a good first two days of this week. And today's shaping up to be Strong day. A strong day. The way that Friday's market closed, where it had the low of the day and it rallied hard towards the end, it didn't finish at the very highs, but it finished close enough. Um, Usually that's a sign of strength. In fact, it normally is. And so it's not surprising that the first three days of this week have had positive, positive, and positive days. So, um, in context of everything, we're still probably about halfway uh, back from the decline that we've had. So there is some ways to go to get back to where the former highs were in late January. But, you know, that that's the state of the market of where the last seven or so days have, have brought us. Yeah, the, the V word has definitely come back with full force. Um, Volatility is definitely back, which is a good thing. And so, well, there's there's a couple of takeaways. So the dust has settled a little bit. Volatility has come in. If anybody looks at the VIX index, it is a um, a a measure of expected volatility for the next thirty days. And so, a lot of people view it as the investor fear index. Um, it spiked to fifty point three during this tumultuous week last week, um, there have been 21 other 5% or more corrections since the bull market began in 2009, and only one other had the VIX north of 50. So what, what I gather from that is it was a very sharp decline. A lot of people panicked. The VIX index skyrocketed as a sh- as a show of short term panic and fear. Um, and usually, when that happens, you tend to see uh, panic sell offs and strong rebounds. And that's which is really kind of what we what we're witnessing. I mean, the rebounds have been pretty good the last three days um, after bottoming out really Thursday of last week. Yeah, and in bigger picture, unfortunately, if you have been accustomed to the lack of volatility last year, uh, we think that this is a little bit of a 
uh, of a prelude to the kind of volatility we're going to see this year. Um, there could be one or two other 10% corrections throughout this year, uh, and it would be perfectly normal in the context of a bull market, especially when we haven't had a 10% correction in almost two years. It's It's been a long time. It has been a while. And, you know, so we've heard and read and you've probably seen headlines and pundits talking about, all right, well, what caused this? And I mean, the reality is, I think it the biggest reason was kind of the complacency that kind of happened. And then when we got a surprise print on two two fronts one interest rates rising up a little bit faster than people really expected with you know 10 year going up to almost 2.9 10 year treasury that is going up to almost 2.9% and the wage growth number being a little bit higher than people were originally expecting last friday it came, or two fridays ago it came in at 2.9% instead of the expected 2.5% well that number may not mean a whole lot to to most people. It's a pretty good indicator long-term or wage growth once it starts getting up near 4% that a recession is on the horizon. And pretty much you can go back anytime wage growth hits 4% within 12 to 18 months, we generally will fall into a recession. Now, 2.9 is not necessarily a scary number by any stretch. Really, to me personally, I think it means good things for the economy that people will have more money in their pockets to spend. I think anytime the American consumer who's a big part of GDP has more money, whether it be through tax changes or true wage growth, that's a good thing. Um, I know lots of families out there could, could benefit from having more money in their pocket to, to spend out in local economies and local businesses and buying cars and houses and renovating and doing all of the things that, that we as consumers do. But the market didn't like the number because, well, shoot, that means inflation might be coming. I don't think we're seeing much inflation out there. I mean, really, it's a what, non-event at the moment. The concern also is at some point the Fed is going to, well, they have been removing liquidity from the system. Um, they've been injecting uh, money into the system since 2009, 10, 11. And so at some point, um, the fact that they're going to raise rates um, to account for... Yeah, they've been know, raising rates, though, for the last you know couple of years. And the market's reacted just fine. Yeah, I think... I, I think the, the concern may be that the real, we're getting... The realization that this is closer to the end game of right. the Fed pulling out, the Fed reducing their balance sheet, the Fed um, speedily raising rates, hiking them three, four times they've talked about, and possibly sooner than they're talking about. I'm only expressing just the fear and the concern right. related to that when this strong wage growth and, um, you know, and even other other reports that are coming out that are indicating a strong and healthy economy. Yeah. Strong and healthy economy is a good thing. Earnings growth is strong in the market. And, you know, assuming we can continue it, we really haven't seen much from the the new tax plan as far as its injection into, you know, the overall earnings probabilities for companies. But I fully expect that to have a major impact throughout 2018 and into 2019. And, this is really kind of a blip on the radar. Yeah, and and actually raising rates or higher rates can be really good for certain sectors, financials, certainly materials. 
while it may be bad for things like real estate, utilities, um, and these are generalizations. These aren't necessarily um, things that you need to go ahead and make changes to, but it's just the point that certain sectors can and do benefit from rising rates or higher rates and sectors that do affect the economy. Yeah. And, and higher rates don't mean that the market's going to go into a tailspin and the economy is going to end up in a recession and we're going to have all of these issues. Yeah. We'll have a recession at some point because that's just how cycles work. Eventually we'll have a recession and it could happen next year, year after year after that. And it doesn't mean that the bull market thesis is done either. Right. Just because we have a recession doesn't mean the economy's shutting down. <laughs> I mean, it just is what it is. Well, and also, um, when you look at the 10% corrections that we've had, we've had 36 10% corrections since 1980. And the market, on average, has been up 16% one year later. Um, and I don't think I have the the right statistic here, but I think 13 out of 16 instances, or it, it's a very high percentage, just something like 80 or 85% um, were, were up even more when we were not in a recession. Yeah. So in other words, when you're in a recession, a 10% correction uh, ends up leading to a bear market. It ends up leading to something a lot worse. When you're not in a recession, a 10% correction- It's a buying opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And I think- a lot of people have been waiting for a buying opportunity, and I think that's what we're seeing. And I think a lot of people have been on the sidelines waiting for a buying opportunity, but you know, your plan and what you think you're going to do and executing on that may be completely different. So in other words, I don't think a lot of people who were sitting on the sidelines were buying this past week. I, I think they may be buying this week, or there may be more buying this week. I would be interested to see what the actual fund flows look like. I haven't I haven't looked at any of the data recently, um, or at least this week yeah. data. But I, I suspect that there's been buying going on in a pretty heavy fashion. Yeah. So, you know, in summary or, you know, takeaways from this is volatility, we think, uh, certainly will be rearing its head this year. Um, you've got certain catalysts going on later in the year, of course, with midterms. You, you know, there's a lot of things between now and the fall, uh, and we're going to take it, of course, week by week, but this was something, this volatility event from last week was certainly something that um, should bring people down, you know, from the clouds of complacency or investors from the clouds of complacency because, you know, volatility is a very normal thing. It cycles where it goes from being less volatile to more volatile, but um, volatility is certainly something if you view it in the in the right manner um, that you have the ability to take advantage of stocks on sale. Yeah, provides opportunity. Really, to wrap it up, work your plan, have a plan, know what you're buying, know why you're buying it, know why you should sell it. Don't go crazy when the market starts going down a whole bunch and selling just because, oh my God, the market's going down. Don't be buying like crazy because the market was melting up in November, December, January. Uh, have a reason, have a plan, know what you're trying to do with your capital. And so with that, we'll end this podcast and uh, thank David for joining me. And until next time, this is The Finance Factory and I'm your host, Peter Yeminski. 
Thanks for listening to The Finance Factory, hosted by Peter Eminski. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app to catch future episodes. Please remember, the opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment Advisory Services through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, and affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS and Kestra AS are not affiliated with any entity herein.